Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You know, people, if you are a podcast, a video cast, an audio book, hell, even if you need a studio built, Sweet Recording is the place for you. Joe Gangemi not only knows his stuff and is a great guy, but he's honest and I'll give you a good deal. So reach out to him at Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T-E recording.com or email him at hello at sweetrecording.com. Anyway, we have a great show today. We have uh, some of my good friends. They've been they've been coffee with Cooper uh, veterans like forever, and uh, and they have great great views on networking, and they have, they're very successful business people. And uh, one of my guests today is uh, Effie Cohen from Preposterous. How you doing, Effie? Good morning. Great. How are you? I'm doing great. And then we have KB Christy Berge from Caldwell Banker Realty. How you doing, Christy? I'm great, Coop. How are you? Good. And then my drinking partner, my drinking buddy uh, from Chelsea Wealth Management, Mr. Jim Turpin. How are you, Jim? Great, Coop. Thanks for uh, having me on today. Okay. So, uh, Effie, we're going to start with you. Tell us what you do, what makes you different. Take like 45 seconds to a minute. Sure. I'm a corporate physical therapist. I make you and your employees most productive at your workstation, just like the athlete performs in the field and the dancer on the stage. Your employees perform at their workstation. I make them most productive and engaged at the workplace. All right. And KB. Good morning. I'm Christy Berge. I'm with Cobalt Banker Realty on the KB Experience team. We put people into real estate to help them grow their own wealth, uh, their own basis of wealth. We do residential and commercial um, from the Poconos to the Jersey Shore. Me and my team can help you out. And Mr. Turpin? Uh, I'm the uh, owner and president of Chelsea Wealth Management. Uh, We're an independent uh, financial advisory firm. We work with individuals and small business owners to help them meet their financial goals. Uh, We're a little bit different because uh, as an independent, we don't put pressure on people to make decisions about their financial needs or financial goals. And we go forward, you know, in a, in a little bit different manner than the big wirehouses do. So it's a little bit more customized. It's a little bit more, you know, um, you know, customized to, to our clients needs. All right. So I want to start off. Okay. Cause we all network. We all do a lot of one-on-ones, do a lot of zoom stuff. And I met someone at an event. And they wanted to set up a one-on-one with me. Now, what happens is though, they have their assistant call me. Now, me out of spite, I'm not, I'm not taking that meeting because if you can't take the time, it's not like me if I reach out to someone and I say, hey, like if I reach out to you, Christine, I say, you know, let's do a one-on-one. And you go, can you contact my assistant? I have no problem with that. But I think it's I think it's awful that someone would sit there and they're that arrogant that they would sit there and go, oh, oh, oh yeah. My the, the, the assistant calls and goes, oh yes, uh, Steve, I, I, I didn't recall back, you know, such and such would like to set up a meeting with you. What are your thoughts on about that? How do you go about setting up a meeting? We're going to start with you, Effie. What do you, what do you do when you're setting up a meeting? And is there any meetings you'll reject? That's a, it's a great question. So sometimes my gut wants to reject, but part of me just says, just say yes, because you never know where a connection could come from. And it also makes you more open and learn about people and how they handle themselves. So when it comes to assistance, every so often I do have someone with an assistant. However, there is great, we're going to set up a time. My assistant will help me and they're CC'd on the email and are part of the discussion only because that assistant takes care of the calendar and makes sure that it's on all the calendars and not deleted. So they make sure they show up to the meeting and have all the links, you know, Uh, but it's usually in a very professional way. and, And the email comes first from the person that says, 
I'm going to set it up with you, but my assistant's going to help me because they handle my calendar. So there's a little bit more of a description why there is an assistant and they do want to be part of the process. Um, but I would say so far, I haven't said no. I've actually received uh, comments from people. I'm not sure why we're being introduced. And, you know, and I just say nicely to them, well, maybe you should ask the person who's introduced us because there's probably a reason. But if you're not sure, feel free to ask them that question. And then they'll say, and they'll get back to me, you know, yes or no, what have you. But you have the right to refuse. You have the right to not be available. You know, as long as you're polite and respectful, just say you're not available, then you, you have the right to refuse. Well, I just didn't even call this person back out of spite because they didn't have the time to actually call me. Uh, how about you, uh, KB? What, what, what's, what's your your take on it? So I get a lot of it. Um, I, I get, I'm on both sides of the coin here. I get a ton of uh, assistance calling me because of my industry. So a lender wants to meet me, a title company owner wants to meet me, and I'm calling on his behalf. Yeah, I'm with you, Coop. That's, that's not, I'm not interested. I have plenty of people. I have very good friends in the industry and people I can't even feed right now myself. Like the last thing I want is a new connection that can't even pick up the phone and call me and create that connection. Like with Effie saying, like, why are we even meeting? I've had plenty of those, but it is usually because Effie introduced me to somebody and said, it would be a great connection. And you just start off with that. That's a very different it's warmer introduction, even if you don't think you're going to get anywhere with that. But on the flip side, along with what Effie said, just to repeat, is the cordialness of, I do have an assistant who is handling my calendar. And like you just said, Coop, you know, we have been in correspondence with her to help get this on the calendar. And it's just to get it done. Otherwise, you'll never hear from me. Like the first time you wanted me on your show, you didn't get back to me. I didn't get back to you. But now I am because Sarah took care of it, my girl. You know, like, so that's where I think you're right, Effie. I think there's a more of a, as long as it's like, hey, I so appreciate this introduction. I've copied X, Y, and Z to get this done. I think that is the right way to do it. I think that's the more proper way and less off-putting. How about you, Jim? Yeah, so... I have two kind of pieces to that puzzle. One are industry people that I get asked to, you know, meet with all the time. Uh, for the most part, I've been doing it long enough now that uh, those people kind of get pushed to the side. And I only meet with the folks that I really enjoy doing business with and are critical to my business. Um, but when it comes to the referral side on both, the so there's the client side, there's the potential client piece, right? I'll talk to anyone. Right. Like, I don't care how much money they have, what they, you know, what they're trying to do. A lot like Effie said was, is you'll never know who they know, right? And what connection they can be. Um, from the business standpoint, um, you know, I want to make sure that people are, you know, uh, serious about what they want to do, right? And that there's going to be a good two way street with the relationship. Uh, I don't want to take on meetings where the folks are just, you know, are basically just saying to me, like, how can you send me leads? Right. Um, it, I haven't in a long time said no to a meeting. Um, I think the last meeting I said no to was someone trying to sell me a product who got linked up with who someone um, I accepted them into my LinkedIn group. And they immediately started selling to me. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not how this is going to work. So 
Um, and, and they constantly are asking for a meeting and I'm constantly saying no. So uh, I kind of pair it up into those three kind of buckets um, and, and deal with them appropriately. Now, I hear something. Now, you're all in different professions. And Jim, you know, with with finance, the market's up and down. Christy, right now, you're booming, but there's downtimes too. And Effie, you know, you got hurt a little bit when people started, you know, not going back to the office. How do you, where, what, what's your mindset and how do you keep focused when it is a downtime in your business? Because, you know, we, we all sit there and and I've talked about this before. You wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, like, oh, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do in six months? Oh, this is awful. But we'll start with you, Christy, because you're you're on the high point right now. But then once again, you're getting a fine where there's not a lot of inventory. So when it hits the when in your career, when you've hit a low point, when the market people aren't buying, how did you how did you handle that? So there's lots of great, thank you for starting with me. I'm very excited about this question. Um, in my downtime, especially during the pandemic, if I can go back so far, when we were not even allowed to be in the homes, we couldn't do any showings, at least in Pennsylvania. And you know that's when I buckled down on marketing. I really took time to reach out to people to see how they were doing. I also really started to learn a lot about what was going on in many different sectors. So I was able to bring more education and knowledge to all of my buyers and or sellers. So I was really coming at it from multiple angles. And what I found, Steve, is that I'm doing that consistently now. What I have learned throughout this downtime is that I need to give myself downtime to learn and be able to educate my folks all around me, whether they're my influencers, like everyone on this call, or if it's an actual buyer, seller, listing appointment, it is about how to communicate and continue to tell them what's going on because so much is happening in my business very quickly. And then in certain markets, very slowly. And it's not just because of inventory, right? There's a lot of factors that go into the housing market right now. Interest rates, money down, how expensive things are, and really being able to communicate options, opportunities, and solutions is my really my job and has always been. I feel like I'm doing less counseling now instead and, and more identifying and problem solving is really where that's at. So that's one downtime activity that I do. And I want to go back to the other um, touch points is handwritten letters and notes. Like you'll be getting one after this call. You know, uh, Jim is really great at it. I've received a couple from him over the years. And I will also be reaching out like people like Effie is like, dude, we haven't talked. Let's, let's just, even if it's a text, how are you? And just a quick drop. You're on my mind. I am a huge um, advocate for energy. And if you pop into my mind, I need to touch you. Something's going on. It could be my CRM, just as important. Ding someone's anniversaries right now. Tell them you're thinking about them. It's that simple. So I took the last three years to really put a lot of uh, tools in place for me to be able to really touch people as frequently as I can. Since you? I have so many touches. How about you, Jim? Because once again, the market is you know, I know I talked to you, the market's up and down and you have people worrying. I mean, you know, when I came with you, I was like, I know I'm not going to make money overnight. I don't, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even look at my account, but I'm sure you have people calling going, Oh my God, the market. Oh, and you're like, dude, it's, it's only been two hours. How do you deal with that as, as a professional? How are you dealing with that? And how do you keep focused and positive? Because 
you know, we all know the market's going to rebound, but sometime in the back of your mind, you might go, holy shit, what if it doesn't rebound? I'm, I'm screwed, like Kevin Bacon in the movie Quicksilver. So, um, you know, again, I what I've done over the years is I've really kind of compartmentalized my client base, right? So I have a group that I talk to, you know, probably almost every day via email or, you know, phone call. And, you know, they're the clients that I'm actively trading on a regular basis. I have my worry war to, you know, I'm reaching out to once or twice a week, via email or a phone call. Um, and then I have my folks who only want to hear from me when, you know, I, I need to talk to them, right? Like if it's important, they, they basically say, if it's important for me to know that I want to hear from you, if it's not, or you're just trying to sell me something, I don't want to hear from you, right? Um, so there's, there's that, those different buckets of people. I think that the key is establishing up front with them of understanding, hey, listen, how do you want to, how do you want to get touched? How do you want me to reach out to you? Like what kind of frequency you're looking like, you know, if, you know, the, the market's going to hell in a handbasket. How fast do you want me to call you? Right. Um, and then there, there are those people who then if I get a phone call from them because they're on my, you know, don't sweat it list and they call, then I know like something's going on with that. Right. As for my own mindset, right. It, there are certain times where you just have to kind of, some days you just have to walk away from the screens, right? Like it's a mess and you're having a bad day and you know, the, the market's going in the crapper and you know, you're, it's a sea of red everywhere. There's nothing you really can do about it. Right. Um, and, and those are the times where you just, in my opinion, you just have to kind of walk away and go, all right, it, it's, it's, it's a bad day in the market. And, you know, unless we're trading options and we're on the put side of it, we're not making any money today. Um, and, and those are the times that I always remind myself that, you know, not making a trade is a trading decision and, you know, having uh, a good solid trading methodology and, you know, how I treat other people's money, uh, knowing that that's kind of a tried and true process that's, that's worked over the last 11 years. Um, it, it, it's just that staying in that, uh, that that positive mindset and walking away and clearing your head when you know you can't see the forest from the trees. So that's that's kind of how I try to keep it. And you know, then there are times where you know you just need to like shut everything down and go, okay, I'm done, right? Like I'm not worried about it. And you know, tomorrow's another day. So Effie, how about you? What's your what's your stance on what we've been talking about? I think it's a great time to get to know your clients because if there's like a lull, you want to know why there's a lull, what's going on in their particular environment. So for me, being it's the corporate environment, getting to know what's going on in corporate, what's happening in terms of employee retention, um, hiring, any resignation, just to know what's going on in, in the particular industries and then figure out how you could still help them. And so this way you keep sort of 
up in the market of what's going on. You'd want to know exactly what's going on with your clients so that you could help them in any way and figure out if what you're offering could still help them at a time where it may be more difficult for them to consider your services. So definitely at edu- getting closer to your clients is it's reaching out or just keep getting, you know, looking for more of them and finding out what's going on. I would also say I would agree with Christy, reconnecting with people because you have a great expanse of people. I'm sure that you value in your network, find out what's going on with them. Send your assistant to Steve and uh, set up an appointment, <laughs> which will not show up because you sent your assistant. Um, <laughs> and have a good sense of humor. Like, again, reach out with people you connect with well. And uh, marketing is great. I think also thinking whether or not, you know, pivoting. Pivoting is always great for a business. If you feel like your business isn't doing too well in a particular area, find out how else you could use your skills in expanding your business or pivoting your business. And it's not a bad idea. Uh, you could do that again with your networking peers, ask them some ideas, or maybe you have a mentor to spend more time with that. But there's many different ways that you could keep your time busy, quote unquote, or constructively busy when there is a lull. And it's just a matter of figuring out, do you have to educate people more about what you do? Do you have to figure out what you're offering, the value? You know, things change over time. Your product and service should also change over time. Do you need to reach out to different people? Do you need to, again, assess? Do you need help in a particular area to help you with your marketing? Because there's only so much one person can do. You may need help with other services. But that's kind of how you, I use my little time. Okay, now it's funny. You, you mentioned networking. And that's, we all met through networking. And there's pros and cons in networking. And and there's terms. It seems like everybody has a term now. You know, every there, there's, there's a name for everybody. And we're going to find out which ones bother you. Because what irritates me is when people say, power networker because me that gives a sign like some guy's walking down and there's a horn like doo, 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 bring out the power networker and he's like kiss my ring i'm the power networker and power partner i hate when power is used with anything you know because unless it was you know a band uh there was power power station they were a great band but i hate when power like power partner i hate because i think it's very condescending i think it's to people you're, you're saying like if i say hey effie and jim are my my power partners KB, you're like, well, what about me? I'm not a power partner. So what are some terms that you hate? And we'll start with you, Jim. Besides, you can't take mine because I think we all hate power partner and and power networker because like there's a ranking like, oh, I'm number one this week, but Effie's coming up strong. What what are some terms that you hate? Uh, I hate rock star. Um, I hate, why? But why do you hate um, rock? Why do you hate Rockstar? What makes like we're all pretty good at what we do, or we wouldn't be in the positions we're in, right? So to you know to say somebody has um you know is a rock star to me gives you it's one of two things. You're either been doing it great for a long time or you're a one hit wonder, right? Like, what's it going to be? And I, I just think it's um, I just think it's kind of silly. Um, the the other term that um, I uh, I hate when people say they go they they always ask this kind of generic question of like, who's a good referral partner for you? And it's not about the referral partner. It's about what's a good, re- I think the question should be, what's a good relationship for you? Like, 
who are the people do you want to get introduced to? Right. Um, make it, you know, don't make it so generic and don't make it so, um, uh, you know, I guess cookie cutter to a certain degree. Right. Um, you know, that really, I think is a, you know, it, it, it just shows that you're not a real good professional. Well, I always say, is a referral partner really a referral partner if they're not giving you referrals? You know, right. it's not, or is that just, as you said, a relationship? Now, now, Effie, what are some, uh, what are some, and I know you'll have something to say for this because, you know, Effie's, Effie, Effie always has an opinion. What are some, uh, what are some terms that you can't stand that you sit there and Jim, I'm with you, the rock star. I've hung out with rock stars. None of these people have had a pinata. Taylor Hawkins right. at his party had a pinata that looked like him. And when he opened it, airplane bottles of booze came out. That's a rock star. I've never seen that at a, at a networking event, but Effie, what, uh, what, what is something that uh, just irks you? Circle of influence. Oh, <laughs> oh. explain why. I don't know circle of influence. Um, power, power referrals. A power referral is basically a good networker. So I think you can just say, I'm interested in meeting a good networker. On paper, you may have certain professionals that should be making referrals to you, but that's not necessarily the case. I think it's the good listener and a good networker, which means you listen to the person who's speaking to you on your one-to-one and you ask questions about what they do and what's worked for them and types of introductions that's worked for them. And you say, okay, I think I have some people for you. And I think I have some people that may not be on your list, but I know they have a good friend who's now interested in selling a business and you're interested in mergers and acquisitions. I'm going to make the introduction. It's going to be networking, but hopefully they'll be impressed with what service you have and Boom, you know, so I think it's important you do the good listening that that a good networker is good listening, not. So how can I help you when you say how can I help you many times and I'm not being rude about it, it usually means a person really wants to sell their product to you, their service to you. How am I going to help? How can I help you? How can <laughs> you hear it a few times? It's not so natural as opposed to saying, great, you know, let me look through my contacts. I'm sure I'll have someone that'll be in, of interest to you to meet, you know. That's usually the help. If they needed your service and you were good at it, they'll probably say, hey, you know, I'm really impressed with what you have to offer. Christy, please, can you find me a home? I don't like where I'm living right now. You understand? So you usually, from your interaction, naturally will learn about you because if you're good at what you do, you'll probably sell yourself pretty well. Um, so that's usually the two. It's a circle of influence and how could I help you questions. I'm not sure um, I digest that too well. Okay. How about how about you, KB? What, 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 is, what gets stuck in your crawl? You know, I, I, I'm really glad I went last on this one because I needed a minute on this. Um, I have two I'm going to do. And the first one's going to be the really easy one. Oh, you know, we need a real estate agent in our group right now. Oh. Especially if it's a fee-based, you know, networking group. It's like, come on, man. I, I, I've been there, done that, not interested. I, just shoot me. Just shoot me. Oh, and wait for it. They're also requiring you to find a referral or you get fined if you don't bring one to the group. I, just don't. I, no, thank you. It's really easy now for me to say. Um, that's number one. And then the other one that I'm having a challenge with, and I'll say it like that because I I have had, um, Effie's done this to me. 
And I don't know that Jim has, but it doesn't matter. It's just that, you know, when someone does an introduction without telling you it's coming, that's my only con- like big kind of sort of pet peeve just because I am getting inundated and I am so industry specific that it does my lines of of what could be influencers. Mortgage guys aren't influencers. How many real estate agents are they really working with? Honestly, same with title. It's all about the relationship. And what I had to learn with Effie is that she's already listening for me. But what my biggest pet peeve is that, and I love the interest that she's given me, but sometimes I'm like, what? And she's listening and she's doing it without having it. So she's kind of earned her stripes as far as I'm concerned, but anybody else who does that to me, you're out. Like you, you disrespected my time, my, you know, putting now me on the spot. That to me is one of the biggest pet peeves I have with networking along with what everybody else is saying. It's like, yeah, I don't think the rockstar thing bothers me that much, but I get what you're saying. It's like, uh, yo, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Super connector, whatever the words are of the, uh, right. Jim, super connector. Oh, super, super connector. connector. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what does that even mean? You know, but I feel like that's really, those are probably my two pet peeves and back to Effie's professionalism. It's like, that's where they just are, are lacking the professionalism. So rather than how can I help you? It's like, well, it's great that you talked to me for 30 minutes and now you're asking me how to help me and you didn't let me talk at all. <laughs> um, just let me know if you got someone who's trying to buy a house in Pennsylvania. You, you, know, you just drop it like that because you're just like, I'm disinterested. Hearing and listening is so important in this game. We're going to stay with you uh, on this and then we'll go around the room. Um, What's a certain characteristic that you want in a networking partner? Now, you know, we meet a lot of phonies. There's so many people that are full of shit that they think, mm-hmm. you know, they walk in like, hey, I'm the king of the hill. No, you're a putz. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, you get these people who have this attitude and they think they think yes. that uh, networking is about popularity. And I always say, well, you know what? You screwed up in high school or college. Go back and become prom king or queen because this is professionalism. I look, one thing I look for people and very important to me is integrity. And I think it's the way I was brought up and it's just the way I know people who are true and integrity shows that. We'll start with you, KB. What's a characteristic that is very important to you when you get a networking partner or someone that you're thinking about, hey, you know what? I want to let them come into my network. I think integrity is a great word um, for that answer. I do think that I think showing up, I I think that I need you to show up. I need you to be there that if I'm going to send you a referral, you need to show up and, and see that you're as hungry as you said you were. And, and then be on top of that, the professionalism and the part, the partnership that I'm looking for when I'm networking, I'm creating additional tools in my toolbox for my clients. So I expect you to service my clients the same way I'm servicing them as well. So I think showing up is a really great word because so many people don't know how to. How about you, Effie? Okay. Number one, you're good at what you do. So whatever it is, I know that you're really good at what you do. Next, of course, is the personality. So you can have a wonderful personality, but not be good at what you do. Okay, we keep, you know, good with the personality, but I can't really refer you because you're really not good at what you do. So being good at what you do, I really value that. And 
Again, it's the personality. Are they listening? Uh, are they responding to emails in a timely fashion? Because I would agree with you, Christy. Clients, you have a certain standard. They expect that standard. If you don't answer an introduction in a timely fashion, you're going to lose your business. You're going to lose your client. So I agree professionalism is really important. And part of professionalism is the listening. It's asking the person is an appropriate referral. So at one point where you just say, I trust your opinion while you're sending me these people, I totally get it. But without asking and just sending people sometimes, it's it's true. They, maybe they don't have time to meet anybody right now. And I always, when I finish meeting, I say, I have some great ideas for you. And I list the ideas, but let me find out if this is a good time for them. You don't want to meet with someone, it's not a good time for them. Or they're on vacation, or they can't meet for a one-to-one right now. So it's exactly what you do if you're, you know, if you're a professional. You have to, you know, there's some sort of permission that you have to ask when you're involved in networking. So, yes. There's no bragging rights. You you have to be part of the game. So right. if you're in a room, you got to be part of the game and play the game, not play the game as a game, but actually participate. You know, that's what networking is. It's not, okay, where are my clients? It's going to be Steve, Steve, you're my client today. You know, you're going to do some work that way. You really just have to think of how you could help others and learn about you and the type of work that you do. Share, definitely share about the type of work you do. Maybe some successes that you want to share and you're happy about it, you're proud about it. Fine. But at the end of the day, they're going to be your, you know, wave your banner as opposed to them being your client. If they like what they hear, they'll let you know. They'll hire your services. But that's how it should be. How about how about you, Jim? What do you look for? So, um, what both of them, both Effie and uh, uh, Christy, have said as far as integrity and professionalism, the other part that is very important to me is don't waste my time. Like, don't just send me an introduction because you feel like you need to send me an introduction, right? Like, I have relationships with accountants and attorneys who have never sent me a referral, right? But they're very good at what they do. And to me, it's important that my client gets the services that they need. Now, I will have conversations with them, you know, like, take them out to lunch, have a cup of coffee with them, you know, and get the, you know, try to get a little bit of feeling about like, Hey, why is there no business coming my way? Is there a, is there, is there something that I've done or you've heard something about my services or, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't match up. And sometimes I've found out that, you know, listen, you know, my brother owns my, my brother's an advisor. So I send him my referrals or, you know, my father-in-law is in the business or whatever it might be. And I went, okay, got it. That's fine. I'm still going to send them, referral, I'm still going to send them clients if need be. You know, one of the things I've always told them though, is don't send my clients somewhere else, right? And if I find out you're sending my, referring my clients to somebody else in my business, the train will end, right? The faucet will get turned off and we'll be done. Um, that's one of the things that really, that, that really bothers me. It happens a lot in the banking industry. Uh, because the branches are required to, you know, send those leads along. Uh, we all know who's gotten in trouble with that issue over the last few years. So I'm very, you know, selective about what bankers I deal with and and, and in that industry. Um, you know, those are the things that I, I, I really look for. One of the other things that, that, that Christy really jogged my memory on was, you get these people, you're in an event, 
and you introduce yourself and you tell them what you do. You know, you go, oh, I'm an independent financial advisor. Oh, I have an advisor, right? The, or, you know, I have a, you know, oh, I have a real estate agent, you know, like whatever it might be, right? They're, they get very defensive. And I immediately know at that point in time, they don't have anything to offer. Zero thing, you know, they've zero to offer. So um, that's kind of a telltale sign for me to, you know, work my way on that conversation as quickly as possible. Okay. Now, this is a question, and be honest, because for me, it's changed. And I want to I want to ask each about what what your definition or what your definition of success is, you know, and, and what I wanted, like when I was young, my definition of success would have been like, being a star and it probably ended up being, and it would have probably led me being on a page on TMZ. You know, I would have been found dead in some hotel in Vegas, you know, but, uh, but my success is now I I'm, I'm just success for me is just happiness. And I, I reached a part of happiness in my life where I don't worry as much, but success, you know, there's so many people and we see it in networking. We, we see it on LinkedIn, you know, people put all like, Hey, look at my car. Oh like, yeah. Fuck up. Who gives a shit? You know, it's your car, you know? And I know like Christy, you got a new car, but you drove that other car forever. So it's like you treated yourself and I understand that, but you don't, I don't see you showing pictures of your poor like, hey, this is me in the port, you know, because you're humble. You you sat there and go, I don't need to brag, even though you have a Porsche. No, uh, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but you don't you don't sit there and do That's that. Porsche, a Porsche. Yes, sorry, yeah. say, I'm sorry. Porsche. Oh, yeah. what, are you, what are you? My wife correcting how I say stuff. Joanne always does that. She goes, you said that wrong, and then I say it wrong just to spite her. Going back to the beginning, <laughs> but uh, Christy, what is what at this point in your life? What do you? Deem as success, and you feel that you have achieved what your definition is. I think I'm still defining it. To be quite honest with you, I think I define it within every five years. I think I change my 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 success story. Um, I was really successful in event planning back in the day, and I did a great, huge, big event that I am still known for in Philadelphia. That was success then, you know, success now, like you said, Steve, you know, being found in a bathtub, whatever, <laughs> you know, we, we define that. And, and my big, you know, milestone for my success was my car. And before that was putting that money for the car into homes and rental properties. And then it was the first year that I broke a certain dollar amount of income going, whoa, what? I got this. <laughs> you know, those are milestones, but they're also definitions, I think, for me for success. But I'm not really pre-planning. I'm goal setting. I'm, you know, trying to benchmark and achieve certain things. But I feel right now, especially this year, because it's been so difficult in the real estate and then forget about what Jim's life is like right now. But if I look at money being the definition of success, I will not be on this call. I'll be in the basement crying and hugging my dog and watching Hallmark movies. You know, like it won't happen. Like I won't be where I am now and today if I struggled with that and found that success was only you know, my definition, I am successful. They can still put gas in that car. That's today's conversation, right? At $4 and let's not discuss it. <laughs> so that's success. Okay. What's well, funny. Cause now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your idea and I'm going to have a maintenance man come to your house when you're crying in the basement, knock on a door. You went to high school with them and you'll be a Hallmark movie there. We got it. Perfect. <laughs> it's set. How about you, Jim? What's a uh, success to you? Uh, 
you know, success has evolved over the years for me from being in, you know, being in a big corporate environment to owning my own business. And I think success to me today is the, the, the constant ability to give my clients what they want, um, be there when they need, you know, either the advice or the guidance or whatever it might be. Um, and then the other piece to that is, you know, the fact that the business has been successful over the years and I get to spend more time with my family when the girls are home. Um, you know, it's an opportunity that, um, I, I get to do the things that, um, um, you know, I get to do the things that, uh, I want to do with the family and I'm not, Oh, well, I have to go do this or I have, you know, I, I can't get off today or whatever it might be. Right. Um, I get the success is really getting to carve out my own schedule and still be able to, you know, you know, give my clients the level of service that they expect. How about you? F.A. How about you? That's my sign. Sound. It sounds like F.A. <laughs> I think it's a great question. Uh, some people do value their dollar value as their success. And I think uh, the more I look at it is it's the work you do and then the heart you put into it. So there's the work you do and then there's sometimes there's going to be extra time spent with your client and it's not, you're not, it's not billable hour, but it's the right thing to do. And I get phone calls ahead of time, you know, as potential clients. And many times I'm just giving them advice and I'm thinking, now I know why lawyers do, you know, billables and retainers. And I said, but at the end of the day, I think you want to live your life as a good person. And it's not going to be a dollar value. It's just doing the right thing and being a good person. And your success is how good are you today? How, how giving are you today? Who have you helped today? Because at the end of the day, that will give you a more meaningful life a happier life, a more successful life, and always raise your bar, like get out of your comfort zone. And if you did that one thing that was so hard and you did it or you tried, that's success because you pushed yourself a little bit more, you know, the money. Yes. Some people do the same exact thing and some are earning and some are not, and they don't even know the formulas for that. They'll say, Oh, cause you're marketing and they could be doing the same marketing, the same, you know, but who you are, that's your own success. How good you are, no one's, that's not going to, that's who you are. So if you're doing good things, with, even with your business or helping other people or helping other people networking and helping them get work, helping them meet the right people, that's your success is being that good person. Here's one. We're all, we're all, we like what we do. And, you know, we do run into people who, who just hate their job and you know it and you see it networking you go to an event and someone's just like it's like i'm a bad luck schlep rock oh, you know i ran into someone last night who was just like bitching and moaning at my event and i'm like well jesus don't come to my fucking event okay don't don't you know don't you're honored to be here okay that's me just the way i am but with your jobs what what keeps you passionate about your job? Because, you know, we all going up and down i mean you know jim i know you're passionate about your job christy effie you are but what keeps you passionate because during the frustration during that we want to be passionate and of course you can't be the also on the other side the person who is always like oh i'm, I'm doing so great ah, and you're like well really you're driving a 1982 yugo you know which i don't think they had yugos in a2 so you're not doing that great be honest you know <laughs> but what keeps you passionate what keeps you ticking and loving your job and we'll start with you jim what because you've you're the one who's been in the most tumultuous 
lately in the last two years. Yeah, I I, I think the one thing that keep that that keeps me moving outside of the family with it's work centric is that there's always an opportunity out there and I got to go find it. Right. So it's my day is not the same every day. Right. Like it doesn't matter, you know, what's going on. There's going to be a new challenge or a new opportunity in the market every single day. So it's my job really to keep my eyes open and a broad vision of what's going on so that I can, you know, um, you know, I can take advantage of those opportunities for my clients. Uh, I think that's the thing that is great about my business is that it's it's not cookie cutter. It's not the same every day. I'm not an accounts receivable, right? Nothing against people working accounts receivable or accounts payable, but like their job is very linear, right? Like I don't think any of us have a very linear job. There's always something different that's going to pop up, and whether it's you know being able to refer someone or it's a challenge in the market or an opportunity comes up that like, Ooh, can I, can I do that? Right. Like, is that an opportunity for me that I can maybe, you know, expand out the business a little bit here or there, um, or be able to turn over an opportunity to, you know, to, to one of you three that, that comes along. So that's the thing that keeps it fresh for me is that, you know, it's, it's a new, it's a new day. Um, you know, every day that the market's open. So there, there's great opportunities out there. How about you, Effie? What keeps you passionate about what you do? Because you help people and that's good, you know? I mean, you know, people might have scoliosis if they don't know you. You never know. So, but you help. So what, what keeps you passionate about, about what you do? Education. Finding a new way to help them. Then there are plenty in my field of educational courses. You can go different directions. And every time you take something new, you're like, oh, and then, then come back and say, I think I found another way. We're going to try it this way this time. And also know that there's no strip street, you know, no same formula for all your clients. They're all going to be different. You're going to have to explain things differently to them. You're going to have to interact differently with them unless you decide you're not going to deal with them. And then we're only going to deal with the people who wear red hats. Um, it, it's it, what keeps you passionate is that they know there's other options for yourself. You're never stuck. You just may have to raise your bar or always say what's underneath your nose, because we always tend to look away away from what's underneath our noses. So why look at underneath your nose? See what's underneath your nose and if that's going to help. And many times you'd be surprised underneath your nose, there is a possible solution. So underneath your nose, but most importantly, educate yourself, whatever type of work you do, see what's the top of the industry. What is cutting edge? What is going on? See if that's something that could help you improve whatever that your services that you provide or product that you provide. If I ever meet you in person, I'm going to go, got your nose. I got your, I'm going to do that. That's, I'm going to definitely do that. How about you, uh, KB? What, what, what's, <laughs> what, what are you passionate about with your job? What, what's the passion for you? I have to be honest. It really is the real estate. Um, I am going to sound super cheeseball, but I got into this when I was probably six years old. And back in the day when they were um, no Game Boys, I would go to the diner with my family and get the real estate magazine down. And I literally looked at all the houses and saw how much they were worth and started asking my parents. And back in the 70s, you don't talk about money as a child to your parents. And I said, well, that means our house is worth this much, right? So I was running comps as a little girl. I love, 
I love this market. I love the craziness. And when I got into project management on a national retail side and having a store underneath the food court and having literally the grease trap shit fall onto my maternity apparel and having to clean that up, I love it. Air conditioner breaking in the middle of Hawaii and having to shut down an entire block to get a crane in. I love this. I eat this shit for breakfast. I love it. So you can talk to me all day long about carpet tile, plate replacements, anything that has to do with this industry from roof to subflooring to sub pumping, everything, literally the shitter. I will talk all day long about real estate. And that is literally like, look at me. I'm so excited. Just thinking about this last time I had to unclog a toilet, gross, but like, seriously, that was my life for over a decade. So I love what I do and I love real estate. Yes, of course. I love to help people. You all know that I am the fixer and I make things happen. And I think that's part of the extra juice that keeps me going, but I love real estate. All right. Now, if I have a clogged toilet, can I have you come over and unclog yeah, it? Yeah, I'll help you. Okay, and I'll cool. also tell you what not to use is take stains out of your carpet. So okay. I got you. Okay, cool, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I have I have, I have, have one final question. I always end my show with this. Um, you meet someone who's 21, 22, getting out of school. You know, it could be a trade school. It could be college. It could be GED. It doesn't make a difference. They want to get started. They want to get into the world. They want to achieve. They want to achieve something. What advice do you give for that? You know, because we were all at one point bushy, bushy, bushy tail and bright eyed. And then, you know, you end up living like me. You live in Hollywood for a long time. You get very bitter. But then you come back here and you get out of the bitterness. You know, we all we all go through that. We all go through those points. But for someone who is like just starting out, just saying, I know, Jim, because you have daughters. So you, you're going to deal with this soon because they're all in school. But what advice would you give that person? Effie, what advice would you give that person when they're just and they go, Effie, you know, I don't. What do I need to know? You need a mentor. You need to learn. I think sometimes people come out of school. I'm on money, 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 money. They don't learn their profession, whatever it is. And it's really important to find those people with the good skills and experience and learn from them. Even if it means less pay, the learning is so important and having that mentor say so you could always grow in whatever you're desired field and let yourself try. Sometimes people pick a profession that doesn't work for them. You may need to switch professions or you may need to switch your job, but also learn to not switch too quickly because again, you want to have like goals on your growth. And I think sometimes that's an oversight and people don't, that's where they start not having passion for the work that they do. They don't grow in their profession. They're not really good at what they do. They're burnout. And there's probably a lot of people that you may be talking to, but especially this generation Many of them are not really doing any internships like they used to do in high school. <laughs> so internships are great. You learn about different professions so you can see whether or not you connect with it. But learning is important, having a mentor. Okay. That's how, about, how about you? How about you, KB? So I just wrote these down. So I've done a lot of work with interns over the years. And um, these are the main points I usually tell them. Um, the first thing is usually if you're interning with me, the first book you get is a book called Never Eat Alone. It actually teaches one how to have conversations and relationships like the four of us have. So, um, and that's something that's not taught and not taught by parents. It's not parenting and even mentors kind of drop the ball on this one. Um, Effie mentioned this generation is the, the skills speak. 
the speaking skill and talk to people, talk things out. This is not how we have too many generations. This is not how shit gets done. It's not how it gets done. Confrontation is a huge issue for these younger generation who, by the way, anyone here really like confrontation? No, none of us like it, you know, unless we're lawyers and we love meeting, you know, being out there arguing, but we really don't like confrontation as human beings, but part of the way to diffuse us by talking, they don't get that. Um, I will say this with a caveat, do what you love. You will make money and make the most money you're probably going to make if you're doing what you love. And that took me 20 years in business for myself to figure that out. But I figured it out doing a lot of stuff that I did love. But what I also had was another 15 years behind me doing and learning multiple traits and having people show me the right ways and the wrong ways. And coming right out of school, going entrepreneurial and not having that foundation, school's not enough. And I just really like to tell these folks, now that we have this entrepreneurial school of whatever, Drexel, Temple, whatever, I need you to go get a job with where you think you want to be when you grow up. Because you need to understand there's so much about being a business owner, the bottle washer, the CFA, that you know we are so many things in our own business. You're not just creating. And where's that money coming from? It will come if you're doing what you love. I agree with that. But I still feel that a foundation is so important. How about you, Jim? Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with the the whole mentor piece. Uh, The other thing, I I think there are really two key things to to talk about, which are um, show up on time. Um, do volunteer to do things for free at your office, right? Like volunteer and volunteer, even if you're getting paid for something, volunteer to go be that person and, you know, take on additional things that, you know, your boss may need or that will help you from a skill standpoint down the road, right? Like, I, I, my one daughter has an internship right now in New York. And one of the things she's struggling with is because it's remote and, you know, it's all new and there's not someone to walk down the hallway, right? And go, hey, you got a minute? Um, you know, can we talk and can we, you know, have a, you know, conversation about this assignment? When you don't have those things, like it makes it really difficult to learn and really difficult for, you know, you to, uh, you know, grow in your career. And I think that is so important. I think that's something that this generation is, or that not this generation, but what's going on in our business world is happening right now. The remote office is really killing the growth of people. They can't, you know, uh, they, they really can't get the kind of training and kind of growth and kind of mentorship that you could when, you know, you could walk down the, walk down the, the, uh, the hallway and go, Hey, got a minute. Or to your colleague of like, Hey, I I need to bounce something off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, now it's a zoom call or it's uh, you got to wait for them to answer their email. And it's just not very good for productivity or for, newer folks in the business world to learn. I, I just, I, I think that they're at a disadvantage. And, you know, so I, I tell people, you know, show up early, volunteer to do things and, 
you know, um, you know, look for more responsibility. I think that's the other thing that uh, people shy away from. They don't want to, they don't want to take on the responsibility and, and do something wrong. Um, it, you know, that's, that's another thing that I, I, I can't stand is that, you know, that, Oh, I'm, I, it's not perfect or it's, I'm trying not to make a mistake, make mistakes. It's what you learn from. Like if it's not going to cost you, you know, an account, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or, you know, somebody's safety, then, okay, it can be corrected. It can be fixed, you know? Well, that's awesome, man. And I, I made a mistake my first marriage. Um, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll just say that now that, you know. But anyway, I want to thank you for all coming on. Uh, people know. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, Effie, how can people get, because, you know, if they, if they have to use your business, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, the name's on the screen, Preposterous. So www.preposterous.com, or you could just email me with my first name, Efrat, E-F-R-A-T, at preposterous.com. How about you, KB? If they need a house, where are they, where they, where are they hitting you up at? They're going to kbexperience.com. That easy. So K is in Christy, B is in boy, experience, which you just had, .com. And how about you, Mr. Turpin? Uh, so I can be reached at uh, Jim Turpin at 1CWM.com, or uh, you can uh, reach me directly at uh, 609-977-6803. Always have time to talk to people. Okay, and people, you can uh, reach me at thecooptank at yahoo.com. Uh, go to YouTube. Uh, look at all the old past uh, Coop Tank episodes, well, the, the roundtable ones. Just search the Coop Tank. Look at it. Make a comment. Rate it. Subscribe. It's all there. You can also listen to all shows, audio version at thecooptank.podbean.com or on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, or there's one other one, uh, Amazon Music. Also, August 19th, I will be performing at Pizzeria Uno in Maple Shade. Uh, hit me up on my email if you want more details on how to get tickets. It show will sell out. It's a small venue. There's 50 people. I already have 25 people coming to see me, and it's still a month away. And also, don't forget, if you have a podcast, video uh, cast book on tape, whatever you have to do, reach out to Sweet Recording. Uh, hit up Joe. Joe is great. So go to email him at hello at sweet, S-U-I-T, recording.com. I'm Steve Cooper. You've been listening to The Coop Tank, and you have a great weekend. <laughs>